Let's reboot this. We're going to continue for those interested with a little bit of a discussion on Brian's research into radical chains in finance. You know me, I love to talk about debits and credits. Uh, I'm not an accountant, but I'll play one on TV for yeah. about 20 grand an hour. Anyway. You even predicted the end of spreadsheets, sort of. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec. Anyway, and we're back. This is John Reed. I'm rejoined by Brian somewhere in the same nondescript location. We're actually standing up, folks. This is how committed we are to you, the audience. <laughs> Yeah, no comfy chairs for us here. No chairs. The chairs are next to the annoying music, so we're stuck here. But we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about Brian's research into radical enterprise performance management, which was a topic that you sprinkled Diginomica with, shall we say, with a recent article. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, so was some of the feedback I got on that. To back up, though, what's going on is that people can do more now with budgeting, planning, and forecasting using non-traditional sources of uh, information. So you could you could use other data to plan your top-line revenue or to figure out what your training costs are going to be, what your retention issues are going to be, and how much head, uh, headhunter fees you're going to have to pay, and on and on and on. You can find out product quality, product recall issues, warranty costs. You can do all of that now uh, from a budgeting planning perspective with big data instead of somebody's kind of, you know, holding a thumb up in the air and kind of giving a good swag guess on what's going on. And at the risk of using a totally cliched word, this is pretty disruptive, right, to hugely so. accountants? Yeah, hugely so. Because uh, if you look at the way most firms have done budget planning and forecasting, they always pull out their favorite friend, Mr. Spreadsheet or Ms. Spreadsheet or whatever, uh, yes. depending on the gender of your spreadsheet. And... Um, uh, or they'll go into their financial system and they might have a third party bolt on product that will like extract last year's actuals and then you can do some manipulation and then on your, on their worksheet tool or export to a spreadsheet. And then you reverse the process and then somehow magically after 10 iterations, it, it ends up back in the general ledger and it's out of date and obsolete from the moment it got put in there. But people go through this time consuming hated ordeal every year. I know I used to do these all the time uh, where, uh, at a previous uh, life, and I hated that thing. All I did was I plugged the bottom number, and I just put any kind of things in the columns just to get, them, get those people out of my hair, because uh, all I managed to was the bottom line anyway. So what's a, what's a use case where, where a new data source would, would have an impact positive for a business as far as incorporating that into the accounting work? So here's a simple one. Uh, I'm going to use social sentiment data to find out what's going on in the marketplace with the sale of my products and uh, with my competitors' products. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out that people are really dropping some serious smack on my, my competitors' product on Twitter, maybe it's got bug issues, product quality problems, whatever. I don't care what the salespeople are telling me or what's in the sales pipeline for my CRM system. What I'm seeing in social media, because I, maybe I'm a manufacturer and I'm two and three steps removed from the end customer. Now I see there might be a huge opportunity. Man, I'm going to goose those numbers up because I think we've got an opportunity to succeed in the market. And it's by using, in that case, social sentiment data to, as a better mm-hmm. indicator of customer trend uh, activity to guide my revenue number. 
Well, because we were talking about it earlier, and you mentioned there's two companies that specialize in the social media fire hose, and you were saying that you blew the mind of some accountants by saying, you know, go look this up, and they actually did, and one of them going to confront a CIO and say, yeah, well, why aren't we on this stuff? Yeah, why aren't we using this stuff? Uh, yeah, but, and you know, I love you're, to you're really that. making trouble. Dude. Oh yeah, I really love. To, I'd love to go stir it up with the uh, CFOs and controllers, and I go because if you really want to sound like a genius in front of your CMO or your CIO. Start talking about GNIP, which is ping spelled backwards, and data sift in front of these folks, and they're going to wonder, like, how did they know about this technology? You know, and, uh, you know, if you want to be the coolest CFO in town, that's something to know. So you're going to be giving a keynote for some accountants back in this city in just a few weeks. And what, what are you going to say? Yeah, well, it'll be in another undisclosed location another, here yeah, in Manhattan. One, yeah. um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take apart a number of different common financial process areas, things like whether it's revenue, uh, accounting revenue recognition, uh, whether it's uh, fraud and compliance, whether it's uh, uh, accounts payable and payables automation like. And what I'm going to show them is I'm going to show them kind of, uh, this is where the data that you need to do these functions better today is coming from. And like in accounts payable, for example, what you need now are robotic process automation technologies in that space. You could, uh, because when you put those in there and the software, it's really like machine learning language, it's what it's doing is it understands like, oh, I've seen this invoice or this supplier's invoice before. I know this is where I found the PO number. This is where the amounts are. This is, in fact, when I see this language for the description of the product, this is the account distribution for it. In a matter of two, maybe three times of seeing the same invoice, the software has already figured out how to do virtually 100% error-free kind of uh, processing invoices. The effect of this is phenomenal. I know of a data center. I heard about down in, I think it was in Costa Rica, a shared service data center that did payables vouching that went from 500 employees to eight. That's Holy like a 99% shit. reduction or 98% reduction in headcount using robotic uh, process automation technology. But while that's changing AP clerk kind of activity, there are other things going on that are going to radically change other functions as well, whether it's uh, treasury functions, like I said, fraud and other stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about the cultural and political implications of all that yeah, well, count change. Yeah, well, that we'll leave That's that to whole, Vinny to we'll write another book for, on there, or Vinny's bot will probably write <laughs> well, another book. Vinny's Vinny. robot will issue a passion yeah. defense of that. But um, but on the but 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 still, you're going to blow the minds of some of those accountants, aren't you? Oh yeah, my, that well, they're well, not they're they, not expecting to hear about that, are they? Uh, well, they kind of some of them know have seen me before, and they oh, kind of so know like know. when yeah, I yeah. get on the stage, it's going to be uh, yeah. you know it's kind of like they laughed when I got up on the stage the first time, but when I sat down to play the piano, well, you know, you know the rest. Yeah. One of the I would I would tell you one of the things that uh, besides uh, RPA that's going to come out would be. Um, I'm showing folks like all the other new technologies uh, that are involved, say, in revenue recognition and how many accountants, accounting programs really understand like sales performance management, those kind of technologies, particularly in light of some of the new RevRec uh, rules that are coming out now. I know that's really dull and, you know, not what your typical uh, yeah. audio uh, cast. Hey, rev revenue recognition is a big deal, though, man. Oh, it's huge. And I might be one of the only guys who writes about it. But, yeah, it's a big thing. It's funny to hear you upbeat around this stuff because most recently your articles on algorithmic uh, process improvements were very skeptical, but that was on the HR side where you were 
warning about the the sort of embedded discriminatory practices into these. Yeah. I mean that that issue with algorithms hasn't gone away. That yeah. uh, they're only as good as the and only as faithful as the biases are in the existing data set that they're yeah. relying on. Yeah, that's there. That's still there. That there's a difference though in uh, understanding how to interrogate an invoice, which is not a human being, versus <laughs> right. interrogating uh, some poor job seeker. Right. Which yeah. is why we need to have these very specific conversations about industries because they play out so differently in that regard. Right. Yeah. You could be upbeat about about the effect of robots and in the accounts payable department, you know, saving people from crappy jobs. Ideally, bet they're upskilled into better ones where they can actually have business impact, you know? Oh, I, and I think if you, if you ask most uh, accounting professionals, what do they really want to do? They probably don't want to be doing eliminations, reconciliations, and vouching of invoices. Right. They want to be dealing with things that are going to drive the strategic future of the company and the business. They want to actually have a real impact on the company, not not just prepare schedules that get fed into like an audit. Uh, that's just not where they want to go. All right. So one related topic that I don't want to miss, which is you've been obsessing over an analytics project in the airline industry. Oh God, you wouldn't bring Tell that us up. about this. Well, I think the, I think there is an, I really think there is a real need for the airline industry to develop a set of analytics around the customer. Now you and I, John, we're not really customers of airlines. We're revenue passenger miles. We're, uh, we are seat miles. We are all kinds of names, but we're not a customer. You're not John Reed. You're not somebody who has flown with a particular carrier for like 15 years. They don't know how many times you've really flown. I mean, they may say they do, but they don't. They don't analyze that stuff. So you were saying that be, even though you've flown American Airlines for 30 years, from an analytics perspective and from a customer service perspective, you received no consideration whatsoever. I, I have been a platinum for life guy and I generally have requalified platinum or better every year I've been in that program since 1987. I have been, I had one time I had three months in one year. I flew over a hundred thousand miles in a month. I did three months like that. And it doesn't impact how you're treated. I don't get, I mean, I might as well have cubic zirconia status. You know, it sounds good, but it's not worth five bucks. And, but part of this is because when I say you're not a customer to them, the customers they think of are travel management companies or corporate co accounts that they negotiate with. And they don't have the time frame view to see how you, how your flying has changed over time. And part of that's because many of their systems for ages have been constrained, which you know, you think right. is one of the most hilarious topics that you hear me talk yeah. about is the idea of constrained IT. But IT isn't constrained anymore. So I think the airlines need to get some of that unconstrained technology and take a better, deeper look at their flyers. Because what they'd find out is they're a bunch of like really great people who fly like 50,000 miles a year and have, like me, for 29 straight years and where's it getting them? Nothing. So, so do you think the ultimate promise of this would be real-time adjustments? So, in other words, they could identify, hey, we have this um, frequent flyer, Brian. He's stuck in the way back. There's like a screaming kid, and the restroom's broken, and and we want to move them out or whatever. Like, would it be literally that type of responsiveness? I don't or? know why any airline would let like a 100,000 miler or 50,000 miler or whatever sit on the freaking last row 
of some single-aisle aircraft on the aisle next to the world's stinkingest restroom and getting bumped into the whole flight with all these people standing in there, or having somebody actually hand you their kid because they need to run in the washroom and you're supposed to babysit their kid while they're in the, the stall behind you. That's really fun. Ripped from the t- headlines. Based on a true story, folks, I can feel the resentment per- <laughs> percolating. So anyway, you prepare this extensive. Yeah, I, I've got this piece. Yeah, yeah no. Does, and are the rumors true then that you might become a lucrative executive hired by an airline to implement these analytics well, best practices? Okay, or? first of all, John, they'd have to read it, then they'd have to take it to heart, and then step three, they'd actually have to reach out and call me. And I think the probability of any of that, we're down to like six decimal point low probability. So do right they there. need new technology for this, or is it just a, a change in, in yeah. process? John, it's called big data. And in the okay. airline industry, there's another word, too. They have something called dark data. It's regular right. transaction data that they never look at. So if you went back right. and actually pulled that stuff up and took a look at it, you could mine all kind of stuff. And yes, it's analytics run against big data. They have it. They're sitting on a freaking gold mine of it if they would just look at it and use it. Worst Rodney Dangerfield when we need him, man. Uh, I tell you, I tell you, man, I get nothing, no respect, no respect at all on these airlines. Oh, I tell you, you know, the other day I went to go fly down to go see my doctor. You know my doctor, Vinny Bimba. Yeah, you know him. Uh, anyway, I, get me going. You might channel Rodney for sure on this. And I think that's maybe where we should leave it, Brian. Oh, I think we should have left it probably a minute or two ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll save the Borscht Belt Lounge Act routines for after we turn off the recording. But thanks for joining. Appreciate the insights, man. Hey, as always. Thanks, John. Later. <laughs>